Hello, good morning, and welcome to Critical Q&A, the live stream. Uh, let's make sure that we are all good in terms of sound and video and all of that. Yeah, okay, good. We are good. Live from Denver, it is Sunday morning. Hey, everybody. <laughs> welcome to Critical Q&A. And as you can see this week, I am joined again by my beautiful wife, Melissa. Hello. Uh, who is available to help me uh, go through the comments and stuff so I don't miss your questions, because sometimes that happens. Excuse me. In the, um, you know, the... The, the whatever going through the comment section and everything. I miss questions sometimes, so she's going to help me out with that. But because she's here, you also have the opportunity to ask her questions too, because this is a Q&A show. And if she wants to answer questions you guys yeah. have, um, then she can do so as well. You can ask us anything. We might answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the only promise I make about this show, because uh, I'm not going to uh answer silly questions anyway hey everybody welcome uh from nashville hey awesome yeah. uh people coming from all over this is uh this is always a good time yeah so uh, i actually shot a q a show yesterday and had it in the in you know was editing and was putting it together and technical difficulties and human error <laughs> of an unspecified nature uh, occurred and so I uh, lost the show and was not in the mood after spending you know an hour shooting it and time trying to fix it and trying to make it so that it would be presentable and it didn't work it wasn't working out and I went oh god I'm gonna have to reshoot it and then I just said nah we're doing it live so yeah. hey Boston awesome Scotland yeah, wow England, England. Scotland. wow Rhode awesome Island. yeah good deal um Good. Hey, good question. Um, in a world full of ranking systems, what would be the top five destructive cults at the moment? Well, I can tell you the top five that might be on my mind or on my radar. Um, that, And I think I uh, will say, and this maybe gives me an opportunity to rant a little bit, um, uh, but I don't really want to rant. But I do want to say that um, the, the whole anti-vax thing right now is, I, as far as I'm concerned, a, a destructive anti-science cult. And um, I understand that there are people who are trying to be critical thinkers, who are trying to be cautious, who are trying to be science aware and medicine aware and are trying to, um, you know, be thoughtful about what they're putting in their bodies and whether it's safe or not. But there's an, another point of view on this, which is, yeah, that's great. But, you know, the same description could be applied to conspiracy theorists or flat earthers. They are very sincere people. They, you know, the people who get involved in that kind of nonsense are not people who do it because they think they're putting on a show for the rest of the world. They, they're not trying to be stupid. They're not trying to be... Uh, bad critical thinkers. They're really putting their best foot forward to try to make sense of the world in the best way they know how. That doesn't mean they're right. And, 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 and uh, you know, the intention to be right, the intention to do good, isn't necessarily any guarantee that you're going to be right or you're going to be good. And when it comes to the anti-vax movement, uh, which is a thing, you know, you can find Facebook groups, you can find social media groups, you can find in real life groups, you can find meetups, you can find community in this, you can find all the, the, the sort of checkboxes, including uh, local and national leaders and propaganda and websites and merch and all kinds. Of, I mean, the whole thing exists in the anti-vax world. This has been a problem for decades. I mean, you know, it's not like this is a new phenomenon. I'm sure there were people who refused to take the polio vaccine, you know, vaccine. But I don't think it was as many. Do well, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't think it was. I think there's always a fringe, a lunatic fringe, we could call it, yeah. right? A, a, you know, an edge of the society sort of group of people who just refuse to get along and pride themselves on it. And and, and I get that. That's part of the, the experience. But... But what we have here, the case I'm sort of presenting here, is that we have cult-like aspects of yes. this, and I'll call it a cult. Yeah. Um, and I and it's destructive. It's destructive to our society, to to us recovering from this pandemic, 
to people getting better. And we're seeing now video, I've seen three in the last 24 hours of people literally laying in their hospital beds, recovering or dying um, of COVID right there and proudly talking about how they did not get vaccinated, won't get vaccinated, wouldn't get vaccinated, wouldn't prevent this from happening to themselves because those vaccines are so horrible, so awful. And all I can do is look at, you know, all of the anti-vaccine propaganda and think, God damn, that is some effective propaganda. That is really, really good mm -hmm. propaganda. That is really doing a good job. And it so upsets me because it's a matter of life and death. You know, Scientology, uh, the Moonies, uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses are generally speaking not matters of life or death they're matters of extremism and and financial rapaciousness and sometimes sexual assaults and you know and sexual yeah, nonsense abuse yeah oh yeah all kinds of yeah. excuse me emotional abuse but um but we do not uh really get to matters of life or death when we're talking about something like scientology when we're talking about vaccinations we are and we're talking about um, these variants now, this Delta variant and these other things. I am not an expert on this, but I look at the headlines. I look at the stories. I look at the, 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 you know, the individuals involved, and I just I go, wow, people are not only dying of this, but we're extending the pandemic. We're extending the problems. Yeah. We're going to have another spike here in the U.S. where I guess we're in the middle of it now. And I can only look at this anti-vax movement and go, well, I think these guys are a big part of this problem. And uh, and so when you ask me about the top five cults, that's the first thing my mind goes to, you know. And I uh, and I I just I really have a problem with that. Yeah, over ninety percent of the people hospitalized from COVID are unvaccinated. That is a startling figure, but of course a completely sensible one to anybody who thinks with, you know, how science works. It's like, yeah, the vaccinations are doing their job. So all these people who are running around dying right now, insisting that the vaccine is dangerous and horrible and will kill them, they're idiots. They're dying and, and they're they dying are anyways. This, you you know? might, I mean, you're going to die anyway. You might as well get the vaccine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, there you go, right? Yeah, exactly. Fuck it, we're doing it live. That's right. That's it. I, I am Bill Riley. Uh, repeated. That's right, John. Thanks for that. Um, okay, so that's my rant and soapbox on the vaccines. I really don't want to, you know, waste any more time on that. But I, well, I don't think it's a waste of time. But I just, I'm very, very, very upset about it because of the needless loss of life. I am overly. I, I acknowledge I am overly empathic. I am overly caring about the uh, lives and, and uh, uh, well-being of other people. Um, you know, I really am. I, I, it really, really, really gets to me. And yeah. uh, Well, I, I especially like young children because they still can't get vaccinated yet. So if, you're, if you have young children and you're not getting vaccinated, then you're putting your kids at risk. You're putting their friends at risk. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm not trying to alienate people. And I know that I get so upset that I end up doing that. And that's that's even more upsetting to me. So it kind of gets a little, you know, cyclic for me, because I, I, I don't want to piss people off or call people names, but I just get so upset. And, um, and it's just kind of really hard for me not to because I just, you know, I just care too much. Um, that really is what's at the heart of it. It's not, you know, I don't want to lord or dominate over, you know, other people. I don't want to. I don't want to be like, well, I'm right and you're wrong, and and that's the whole basis of why I, I, I'm doing this. It's not about that. It's about I want you to live. I want you to have a good life. I want you to succeed. I want you to flourish and prosper, as uh, L. Ron Hubbard would put it. <laughs> I want you to do well. And dying isn't part of that picture, you know, and uh, and needless death, Darwin Awards are the worst possible way to see people go. It's always just such a waste. You're just like, my God, man, yeah. why are you doing that? You know? All right. So enough about that. As far as other um, uh, top five cults, um, well, of course, the Trump cult right now is Ugh, is, yeah. is kind of big, right? kind of a problem um definitely in the media definitely in the news um you know the whole big lie that's being pushed the false election uh, the election mm -hmm. was a fake and trump was actually the winner and now he's even said uh that democratic postmen 
excuse me, that postal workers who were delivering the ballots, who were Democrats, were trashing the Republican ballots. I mean, you know, it is so easy to just make shit up and just throw it out like a dead fish on the table. And and we know as Coloradans, we have vote by mail here. We've had it for a long time. They just mail you a ballot every election. And it's like, there's no way a mailman could get away with that is pretty much. <laughs> well, imagine the mechanism in order to make that happen. Yeah. So somebody To make has, it I- impactful. It, well, yes, yeah, somebody has the voter rolls. Okay. Yeah. So somebody gets all the voter rolls of who's registered for what, prints it all out by geographic area for each postman, by name, alphabetically, yeah. one assumes, or by address, distribute it to all the postal workers. Or at least all the Democratic ones. So now we're going to somehow narrow down who all the Democratic postal workers are. And then we're going to sit them yeah. down one by one or maybe in our group secret meetings in the basement down at the yeah, Dem yeah, Hall. liberals in their secret meetings. Yeah, we're going we're gonna <laughs> to brief them all in secret, distribute these lists of who on their routes are Republicans. Yeah. And then we're going to make sure that we're going to uh, commit the federal crime of destroying all of their ballots, right? Which is not only a federal crime in terms of mail distribution or mail delivery, but it's yeah, also a federal election mail. crime. Yeah. And we're going to convince all the postal workers around America to do this. I right. mean, to you know, risk jail and whatever else you might might happen to you for doing that, you know. Right. And then you hear this stuff and you just go uh, what? I mean, he just gets away with saying this stuff as though it's no big deal. And people believe him because they don't even think through what I just said. That just the, just the thought of how would you actually make something like that happen? You know, it's not necessary. You don't have to think that way in order to be in a cult. Uh, and in yeah. fact, being in a cult is great because you have the comfort and ability to not have to think you don't have to exert yourself. It's the path of least resistance in so many ways to get onto a thought train and just let it take you wherever the movement goes. And that's, you know, that's what it means to ride in a cult. And uh, and there are just way too many people who just have this, I, I don't know, you know, it's a lot of different motivations, I guess, but that Trump cult is 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 a thing. And uh, and it's and it's gone beyond just politics. I mean, it's it's kind of uh, all encompassing in the same way I think of Sharia as being all encompassing. It's a it's a rule book for life. It's not just about what you do at worship. And that's what Trumpism seems to be. And it's mm-hmm. just tragic. It's it, I'm, I'm just watching this freight train fly right off the edge of a cliff. And it's just oh, it's horrifying watching that. So. Um, anyway, so that's a bit of another cult that's on my mind right now. <laughs> um, as far as other top fives, Nexium's pretty much gone. Um, you know, Scientology is pretty eensy peensy tiny at this point, not really much in the news, although that's going to change with Danny Masterson's case when that mm-hmm. starts going. When that goes to court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that are on my mind right now. I mean, everything else I could say on that might be a little too arbitrary. You know, um, okay. So that's that. What else? Yeah. What else we got so coming in? I don't want a couple questions before we do that. Though I do want to thank the people for the compliments on my hair. Thank you. <laughs> um, so the first question is for me. It says, "Do you?" It's from Gatheus. Do you have any experiences being in a cult like Scientology or any cult in general? I never officially been in a cult, like you know, but I, I did get into conspiracy theories a little bit. Uh, in like the early to mid 2000 uh, area, but uh, got over that after a couple years. It didn't last too long. <laughs> but yeah, I've never really been in a cult. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah you pretty much avoided that. Yeah, luckily. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we- it would have been easier to get me when I was younger. I think so. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, Cool. Okay, good. All right, next question from Raymond Van Der Stelt. Hello, Chris and Melissa. As I like to travel, what would you recommend for a tourist to do in Denver or the state of Colorado? And some people answered him already in the chat. Oh, okay. So I don't want to necessarily repeat what they say. 
Things to do in Denver. I would say definitely if you can see like a concert at Red Rocks, yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, Red Rocks is actually an amazing venue. Yeah, um, it's open air, you know, amphitheater. Yeah. Excuse me, really good sound. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of fun. Uh, you can see movies, you can see concerts, yeah. you can see stand, you know, all kinds of stuff at yeah. Red Rocks. They have yoga on the rocks every year where people just go and do yoga at Red Rocks. Yeah, they go exercise <laughs> there and stuff. So always yeah, a good time. There's great hiking there. around there. Yeah. Yep. Um, what else? If we're talking about Colorado, not just Denver, the Stanley Hotel is kind of fun to visit. If you don't mind doing mountain passes, Pikes Peak is kind of fun to visit. <laughs> yeah, actually, Pikes Peak, it's a little scary getting up there, but it yeah. is fun. There is a train ride you can take mm -hmm. up that's pretty chill. Um, that's uh, interesting, interesting train ride up to Pikes Peak, actually. The air up there is a little rarefied. It's pretty high up. It's, uh, it's a fun day. It's a whole day kind of uh, excursion, but it's, it's fun to do. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, say Shimoda. Hey, guys. Loving these questions coming in. Keep them coming. Yeah. What else we got? Okay, I was just copying this one. Okay, so also from Gatheist, he wants to know at Chris Shelton, can you give a brief explanation of the difference between rationalizing and reasoning for people who don't know? Yeah, okay, yeah, absolutely. Um, rationalizing is sort of motivated reasoning. Uh, that's another term, right? It's, it's, it's thinking in a purposeful way to try to justify or rationalize a conclusion you've already sort of come to, right? You have to rationalize. You have to come up with reasons why this thing or this conclusion or this argument are true. Um, and reasoning, that was the other word, right? Yes. Yeah, reasoning is more, not, the conclusions, as I understand these terms, reasoning is, um, is thinking in, you know, critical, skeptical terms, is thinking with facts and evidence and reason, but it's, it's looking at, okay, here are these facts, here's this, you know, here's this set of, of data, what conclusions can we draw from this? So, um, you know, so it doesn't have the conclusion pre-created or pre-set, or it's not like you're prejudiced or biased towards this conclusion and you're driving toward it. That's that's kind of what rationalizing is. It's coming up with reasons for why your conclusion or why your argument is uh, is valid. There's nothing particularly wrong with that mode of thinking. We do it all the time. I mean, it's pretty much how our frontals, you know, operate. Um, it's a lot easier because you are, you know, you have this sort of purposeful sort of thought process as opposed to a more meandering, not quite sure where you're going kind of process when you're sort of reasoning things through. Um, so it's not inherently wrong or, you know, valueless or something, but it, it, you have to be aware of the pitfalls of it. You, you know, if you're reasoning toward a conclusion you've already come up with, then there might be bias there that could uh, affect the, you know, objectivity of the outcome. <laughs> this might, that's my best first shot at it. Let me know what you think. All right. So then we have Chris Wood. Uh, he asked, do a, uh, airport and or mall bathrooms freak you out? Would you ever purchase hand lotion from a vending machine in one PF, the aforementioned bathrooms? Um, airport bathrooms? Yeah. Yeah, airport bathrooms are not as bad as bathrooms at, at parks. Or the gas station. Or the gas station, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm more freaked out by those kind of, um, yeah. by those kind of bathrooms. But... Um, Hand lotion at an airport? Yeah, no. Never never tried hand yeah. lotion at an airport. No. Mm -mm. Um, okay. And Vernon Salvateria. Uh, hi, Chris. Are you and Lloyd Evans talking again? We are not. Um, I don't have a whole lot to publicly say about that. It's pretty much Lloyd's choice. Uh, I am, I'm here. I'm wide open and ready to communicate, but Lloyd has decided that uh, he would rather not do that. I respect that decision. I'm not going to badmouth him about that. It's his choice as to who he wants to communicate with. I do feel that the reasoning for that is flawed, and I wish that wasn't that way. Um, but there's not really anything I can do about it. So, yeah. And Christina asks, 
Have you all been to the Overlook Hotel, Chris and Melissa? Yes. 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 <laughs> the Stanley Hotel, right? Yeah, this is the Stanley Hotel. Yeah. I haven't done the tour ever, but I've definitely been there, walked around a little bit, you know. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a cool place. We we um I went up there with my mom and um I can't remember if, if Leo was with us or not. I think he was, my stepfather. Um, we went up there and um, got to take a... We, we didn't do the tour. There's an official tour, which sort of uh, sets up the Stanley with the, with the Shining and the Overlook and all that. But we sort of sort of followed the tour around for a little while surreptitiously so I could hear some of the facts about it. And it's, and it's fun. It's a, it's a great place. It's very, very interesting. And, uh, and definitely reminds you of that movie, uh, the outdoor of that place. Cool. What else we got? All right. So let's overlook. Okay. Mount Lion asks, I've been listening to the hit 1990 Scientology song, We Stand Tall. Why we is that the title and chorus tall. of the song when David Miscavige does not stand tall and is in fact just a little fella? Well, obviously <laughs> it's symbolic. Um, yeah, the music video is kind of funny too because you can kind of see how short he is compared to everybody else even though he's standing up in front. Yeah. Um, because David Miscavige stands tall as a Thetan. That's why. My best answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thetan, six foot three. That's right. He's a very tall Thetan. <laughs> he's the tallest Thetan. He's the best Thetan. He's out of all the Thetans, he's the best Thetan. Yeah. All right, Guru Roar says, hey, Chris, is newspaper really the best way to clean your window? <laughs> actually, it's not bad. Actually, it works. Uh, newspaper is actually pretty good. My dad said something one time that has always stuck with me, and I'm not sure if it's true or not, but he said newspaper is one of the most sanitary things you can use to to, to handle stuff. He, I, I remember this so clearly years and years ago. He said something about how you could deliver a baby in newspaper or something. And I thought that was a funny, weird, odd thing to say because (laughs) I've delivered newspapers as a boy and the ink is all over the place. It just rubs right off. Yeah, when it's fresh off the... Oh, yeah. It just rubs right off the newspaper. So, you know, when I was delivering papers, my hands would, you know, have ink all over them afterwards. So I was... Could never really put those two things together that this is sanitary. But anyway, so I don't know. But I do know, I do know for a fact... From a well-practiced fact <laughs> that newspaper does clean windows quite well. Huh. Yeah, I will say that. Right. Oh, thanks, Couch. Yeah. Awesome. We will so, say uh, we will say hi to Stefan for you. Yeah. Amy Keys or Keyes. Uh, I was watching a documentary about the Duggars. They are part of the Quiverful cult movement, even yep. if they don't publicly admit it. What are your thoughts on that train wreck? Oh, my God. Quite a few. Um, (laughs) I've done an interview with a woman who actually was involved with uh, Bill Gothard's ATI, IBLP, the Institute for Basic Life Principles. And um, and that's what the Duggars are kind of connected in with and part of. And the Duggars also support this whole... Um, oh God, Michael Pearl, the Pearls, Michael and Debbie Pearl, uh, how to train up a child. This is a child rearing philosophy that involves beating and breaking the spirit of your child the same way you would break the spirit of a donkey or a dog or something. It's, it's, it's just very, very overly harsh method of child rearing. And it's just basically child abuse. And this is the stuff that the Duggars subscribe to. So while you see this, you know, airy fairy, isn't we all, isn't it's all wonderful and great and and aren't the duggars the most you know wholesome wonderful you know family values group ever yeah take a look at google the concept or the term blanket training and then get back to me on how the duggars are uh, are all about family values blanket training is is just straight up child abuse of of infants 
in order to train them to stay still and be quiet when parents want them to. So the whole attitude about children in this group is that they are like little animals that you have to condition and raise. And this is really, you know, 1950s psych Skinner behavioralism kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's got a real nasty flavor to it. And it doesn't result in uh, really good things. It's not it's not resulting in, you know, happy, healthy children that grow up to be happy, healthy adults. Um, we see this in Josh Duggar as an out, you know, as an outstanding example of, you know, a kid who's uh, really went off the rails and became a pedophile as an adult uh, because of the, you know, I, I think, you know, had a lot to do with his upbringing. I don't think he is an isolated, you know, um, outlier. I don't, I don't think that's the case with people like Josh Duggar. I think that that's a, a fairly typical product of that kind of upbringing. And that's why I, you know, one of the main reasons I label that stuff so destructive you know, you can believe whatever you want to about God. That's not my problem with the Duggars. It's what they do with those beliefs and how they use them to, uh, you know, subjugate the wives and subjugate the children. And that's just that's just not good for them. So that's my pontification yeah. this morning on the Duggars. I contribute to overpopulation. <laughs> well, that too. That too. And I know that's a, that's a contentious topic. Oh, but, yeah, totally. But... Um, I don't think that there's any world that we live in now that calls for having 21 children. No, there's no uh, for that. With a single woman as the as the mother, I, I I can't I can't even my my mind just breaks after about 10 kids. I'm like, how do you even? Um, Why? Yeah. But these women who who are indoctrinated to believe that child rearing and childbearing is the only reason they exist, I, you know, I just can't get behind that. I just don't. I, I value human life a lot more than just their, you know, f women for more than just their reproductive organs. Yeah. I mean, that poor woman from the Duggars was pregnant most of her life. Yeah. That, that uh, by necessity, right? By demand. Yeah. Um. You know, she would go three to six months between kids, and then time to pop out another one. And she was just treated as a baby factory. And uh, no, I, thank you. Ugh, you know, I just don't think that's good uh, for people. So, I don't know my take on that. All right. So, Michelle Lynn asks: Is denial the same as rationalizing? Denial is um, denial is interesting. Denial is not exactly the same as rationalizing. Denial is sort of an ignoring or a, a, a an invalidation of facts or evidence or or knowledge. Right? It's you know it's information's coming in and it's like nope. And it's sort of it's sort of like you could imagine it like a brick or a concrete wall or something, and you're just not gonna let these thoughts process in your mind you know you're gonna you're gonna relegate them to a corner somewhere and you're just not gonna let yourself contemplate it or think about it at all every time that topic or subject comes up nope 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 uh there could be perfectly legitimate reasons for that there could be uh emotional reasons for that of course that's that's usually what it has to do with and it's usually trauma-based um, so it's an effort on the part of the mind to wall off or prevent that trauma from recurring or continuing, right? That's, that's a very common scenario for denial. Um, and, and that's understandable, you know, and you want to get some treatment or some help or some, you know, you want to get that addressed somehow. Because if you're not capable of facing or dealing with situations or trauma that's occurred in your life, that's totally understandable, yeah, it, it, that's the whole point of trauma is it's very hard to deal with by yourself. So you get some help and you work it over and you work it out so that it's not so traumatic. It's not so hard for you to deal with. And by doing that, hopefully some of those walls kind of break down a little bit. And then you don't have to live in a state of denial about facts or about situations. You can deal with them in a little bit more healthy of a way. But it takes some real work. To do that, it's not just something that happens organically or naturally or time heals all wounds, you know, that's sometimes, but not all the time, you know, uh, that's, yeah. All right. 
So Christina asks, Chris, would you ever come to my schools and do an assembly about critical thinking? Any upcoming events in your speaking that you're speaking at? I would be more than happy to. And um, uh, no, I don't have any speaking events set up right now. And I really was hoping to at this point. You know, some of my frustration over all this vaccine stuff is quite honestly selfishly driven by the fact that that we can't put on events, we can't have conventions, we can't have speaking engagements, we can't have get-togethers because, you know, this this segment of society just insists that their rightness is more important than in everybody's lives. And that includes being able to get together and do meetups and conventions and speaking engagements. So, yeah, I'm a little stuck on that right now. I'm hoping that we will overcome that. Um, but I'm not um, in a race to get back out there when it could still be endangering people's lives. Mm -hmm. So um, that's the the catch-22 of that situation right now. But it, I'll tell you, if I could go talk about critical thinking to, uh, to kids, I think that would be a blast. I'd love to do that. All right. Uh, Fanatic High Desert R Railroader says, ever heard of a book called Kingdom of the Cults? Uh, it sounds vaguely familiar, but I have not read it. I couldn't tell you anything about that book. Okay. Um, Just been too busy with all these yeah. other books I'm reading <laughs> right now. <laughs> Chris Woods asks, hello, Chris and M. What do you all think about Speedos? Would you endorse <laughs> animal print Speedos? <laughs> Um, speedos are something that Olympic swimmers wear. Yeah, that's, what, that's exactly what I was, I was like. That's the only people that should be wearing them. Yeah, otherwise I got nothing. Uh, I definitely do not. Nope. Uh, and would I endorse animal print speedos? Absolutely. I think that might be a way to make them more socially acceptable. Yes, animal print. Cheetah. Put cheetahs on them. Yes. Or elephants. Speedos are just way too much information. For someone that you may not know, you know? <laughs> they are very telling, aren't they? <laughs> yes, they really are. All right. <laughs> world peace world peace needed ASAP. What do you think about Anne Frank's diary? Oh, what do I think? Well, I haven't read it. I just know about it. Um, I think that it's a great thing that it exists. I think it's a great thing we still have access to it uh, and that we can learn from it. Um, but otherwise, don't really have too many comments about it because I haven't I haven't read their her diaries. Yeah. Okay. I did when I was like in junior high or something, but I don't remember too much. Uh, right. So it helps us not forget. Yeah. And you know, if there's one thing that humans have a real hard time with, it's that it's a it's short term you know short attention span theater mm -hmm. especially now in the information age yeah. where you know we're just being Everything presented is, yeah. with so much so fast that we're demeaned demanded to process information you know so much more quickly um and I mean, we it just seems like there's never follow-up it's like there's a big story it's exciting and then three days later no one cares about it anymore and there's no follow-up well it's because <laughs> it, it, that 24-hour yeah, news cycle and that, yeah. that constant demand right mm. so um anyway so it's it's good that that stuff's out there because uh, it keeps reminding us to not forget about uh you know things that uh, isn't it just amazing that there are holocaust deniers that there are people who who really believe that yeah. that things in very recent living history uh you know memory memorable history di didn't happen <sighs> okay so... crazy makes you wonder about history a little bit too you know, how much of it has been twisted or corrupted around. Yeah. All right. Sleazy bees. Chris, when you were in the Sea Org, did they ever put their hands on you? Yes. I was assaulted in the Sea Org. Uh, I was uh, was on the RPF for three years where it was hard physical labor and a lot of pushing and, and you know, uh, fights and problems of a physical nature. Um, broke my finger while I was on the RPF. Um not because of a physical altercation, but, uh, you know, that happened. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Sea Org is not shy. In fact, we had a briefing one night uh, because a couple Sea Org members had gotten into a fight over some production issue. And an RTC member, an RTC staff member, briefed the entire crew, the entire base, which was, you know, hundreds of people, 
um, that night or the next night at the weekly staff briefing about how getting into physical altercations or fights, uh, you know, because somebody's getting in the way of you doing your job is completely acceptable behavior and, and actually encouraged because uh, better that than you're not getting your job done. Because the most important thing in the Sea Org is that you get your job done, that you get your products produced. And if somebody is stopping you from getting your products, then hitting them in the nose and getting them out of your way is a perfectly legitimate way of dealing with that. And, uh, and I, did, I did directly observe that occur a few times uh, over the years that I was in the Sea Org. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, let's um, do that. Let's see. Oh. Chris Wood asks, what do you think about a heavy metal band named Grindelstop? If you've oh my God. ever heard of them. <laughs> uh, I do not know that band. Grindelstop? Grin- Grindelstomp. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I am... Sorry, I just had to deal with somebody in the comments. Okay. World Peace Peace asks again, when can we see Sarah Landry on your show again? Oh, maybe I should do a follow-up with her. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. We we sort of had our our, our time, and maybe I should get back together on that. Um, I'll think about that. I'll reach out to her, see what she's up to these days. I think she's... um, I think she's doing well. I mean, I see her on Facebook and and Twitter from time to time. So I think she's doing all right. But I'm not quite sure what's happening exactly with Nithyananda. I think he's still hiding out down south and getting away with his cult stuff. But maybe we should get an update on that. Yeah, good idea. All right, Johnny News Stars. What would you do, if anything, if you had a mother who is 100% into Scientology and tried to lure your brother in successfully so far, who has never had any direct experience with it? I would sit your brother down and go over with him what Scientology is all about from the viewpoint of ex-Scientologists such mm. as myself. I would proof him up. I wouldn't go after mom if she's a hardcore or active believing Scientologist because that um, could backfire in spectacular ways. Of course, I don't know anything about this situation other than the question you've asked me. So context is going to be everything here. But in a general sense, I would say... Proof up the brother, um, you know, talk to him, get him some knowledge and information. Because if he's unbiased on the topic, then he might be open to hearing what you have to say. And you can go, look, you can make your own choices, do your own thing, right? I mean, obviously, make up your own mind about things. But, you know, mom's going to talk to you about Scientology, and she's only going to talk to you about certain aspects of it. She's only going to pump up the positives. I think you should have a more well-rounded look at it. And if you're willing to, I've got some information you can see from people who got involved in Scientology, actually did it for years, and this is what they had to say about the experience. And maybe you should take what they have to say into consideration, too. Something like that. I, that's, that's my first thought as to how to approach that. Hmm, okay. So Chris Wood asks, do you think Tom Cruise likes or dislikes cocaine? <laughs> I would say Tom Cruise is very anti-cocaine. Okay, I, yeah, okay. I'm positive Tom Cruise is not uh, a cokehead or involved in he cocaine. He sure seemed like one on Oprah when he was jumping well, on the couch. You know, well, that's the thing. That's that's the euphoria, awe kind of nonsense that Scientology can get going in your head. Is It's like a drug. Yeah. You know, we, we make these comparisons and we're really not joking. It's the same shit going on in your head. It really is. It's wild. Maybe not as strong. I mean, cocaine is a powerful drug. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> but so is Scientology when you're really in it. It's powerful stuff. It's heady, man. It really makes you feel amazing. And when you're interpreting those feelings and sensations as a spiritual experience, that you're outside your body, that you can float and see things and go <laughs> places and do stuff. I mean... That is heady. That is like, whoa. It's it's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. But you could probably just buy some peyote and get that too. Yes, you could. <laughs> yes, you could. Uh, okay. Vernon Salvateria again. I've been thinking about buying the book 
what is Scientology and the Scientology handbook at my local church of Scientology? What do you think? Yeah, go for it if you want to. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just thinking about buying the book. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, you're giving Scientology money. I wouldn't necessarily do that. You can get Scientology handbook online. They have every chapter of it on their Scientology website. So why buy the book? It's all there yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as all the data. And they've even updated all the videos and all of that. I mean, here I am pimping Scientology. <laughs> but, you know, if you want the data or you want to know what it says, go just go to their website. Right. They have a pretty extensive website. I mean, they really do tell you all the fundamentals and stuff. It's just uh, they don't tell you everything about what they're doing. <laughs> all right. Here's an interesting one. Chris Wood. Would you be creeped out by a daycare ran by Steven Seagal? <laughs> yes. I would not take my child to a daycare run by Steven Seagal in any universe. It's like, what is he? Is he training them? Like, how is he? Yeah, he's is he just screaming at them. Yeah. He, no, like, Steven is Seagal is not. No, 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 no. Nope. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's a good question. Guror asks, hey, Chris, what was your best day in Scientology? Was there one? Yeah, um, absolutely. I had I had good days in Scientology. I had a lot of good experiences there. That's why I stayed. Uh, you know, is the, the the infrequent but sometimes quite good experiences that would happen. The auditing experiences, for example, were quite intense sometimes, and they made me feel fantastic. They made me feel like I was king of the world. You know, and uh, and why not? I, you know, they were they were awe experiences. Um, Excuse me, the day I went clear, uh, when I was validated as clear, when I went and got announced in front of all these people, and they were just standing ovation for like five wow. straight minutes. I mean, that's that's powerful, yeah. right? When you have people it's admiring you. Yeah. yeah, huge. Um, and the day that I accomplished, um, you know, getting the, um, in that San Diego project that I've talked about, that was sort of the, the, uh, biggest apex of my Sea Org career was going down to San Diego for three weeks and recruiting a bunch of people to be staff auditors for San Diego. And that was kind of an impossible task. And we pulled it off, which amazed me, delighted everybody. It was it was a really wonderful experience as far as that goes. The aftermath of that was was the exact opposite and showed me, started showing me the true picture of, of what I was involved in. But but that project and that experience was wonderful. I had a great time. A lot of esprit de corps, a lot of group spirit and stuff, because we weren't, you know, trashing each other. We were all working together for common cause. And we pulled it off. So um, so that, that felt quite good. Yeah. All right. It did. So we have a couple silly <laughs> Thanks, ones here. Christina. Do you think having a UFC style event at the Special Olympics is a bad idea? <laughs> yes. <sighs> and then oh my God, these Chris questions. would ask again, would you watch an ice dancing marathon if you were paid to? Sure. An ice dancing marathon? Yeah. I don't know what an ice dancing marathon would I'm be. I'm guessing it's similar to ice skating. You know? Ice dancing. Yeah. No. I don't think I'd watch that. Well, how much but, are the, but they're, you're getting paid to? Oh, if I was getting paid to watch it, yeah. sure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess it depends on how much you're paying me, but sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd watch that for. I'd do that for money. Sure. I'd watch some ice dancing. All right, the Gaytheist asks at Chris Shelton, do you happen to know of any unbiased books on the evolution of religion? No. Um. But that doesn't mean they don't exist. I haven't, uh, I haven't pursued that topic as deeply as I could. But as far as unbiased, no. A lot of the best literature that I've seen that describes, for example, when I was recently doing a bit of a dive on, on Christian Protestant denominations and trying to figure out what the hell with all these denominations and how do they break down and how does this all work, some of the best resources were theological seminaries and, and videos from people who had done seminary work or were theo theologians. And uh, they're clearly biased, right? They've got all kinds of things. I mean, they actually believe that these things are true. And they talk about how the beliefs and the, you know, this is why we baptize and this is why they don't and that kind of stuff. You find some fascinating information, but definitely biased. Mm -hmm. So uh, unbiased, fully objective, 
maybe they exist, but I haven't uh, I haven't run across them yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Chris Wood again. What do you think about animal chiropractic? <laughs> dude, this dude. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, I think it's even more ridiculous than human chiropractic, which is already pretty ridiculous. I, and by that, I don't mean to uh, trash people who go and get some bones adjusted and feel a little better. Yeah, I, I, I don't care. Nice to have your neck cracked or your back cracked. Exactly, I've done that. No big deal. Where I where I go, where I think chiro- chiropractic goes off the reservation is when it starts getting into supplements and vitamins and homeopathy mm-hmm. and bringing in magnets and bringing in all this other pseudoscientific woo crap and calling it medicine. It's really not cool with me when people start lining magnets up on people's backs and then crack, 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 and these magnets are what are realigning your energy flows. I just think that's criminal. I really do. I think people who do crap like that should be in jail. It's not just misguided. It's fraud, and it's wrong, and it shouldn't be, right? Because you're giving people really, really, really false hope, and it's just so wrong. Um, There is such a thing as alternative medicine. There are such things as discoveries that are valid, that are not part of official science dumb. So we always have to be careful. And that's why when I say, well, they should be in jail, it's like, but man, you know, (laughs) when you're taking advantage of people just for their money or just because it gives you a feeling of power or something, I really rail against that. And I've seen that so many times in the world of chiropractic. I've been to many chiropractors as a Scientologist. I met chiropractors. I worked with chiropractors. I've been to offices of chiropractors. I even advised a chiropractor for a while as a Scientologist on his business stuff, right? So I'm pretty into that world. And I never, ever, ever saw a chiropractic office, at least not uh, you know, uh, related to Scientology, that didn't have some other wildly crazy brand of woo also being mm-hmm. offered as part of their chiropractic services. So it's generally, from my own experience, and I can only speak from my own experience, of course, um, always mixed in with this other nonsense. Mm-hmm. And and chiropractic itself has a background of, of woo, of nonsense. And... Um, and there's a lot of negative things to say about it in addition to some positive things. So, you know, so it's a kind of a mm-hmm. kind of a topic for me, you know, but but the associations that it always brings in and the and the other stuff that come along then the Deepak Chopra level stuff, oh you know, this is not good for you. And I don't want that for you. And that's why I rail against it. You know, if, if you're going to the chiropractor and he's going crack, crack, crack and you feel better. Fine. I got nothing to say about that. But I do have something to say about all this other crap that goes along with it. And I hope that that's clear. Yeah. Okay. So Vernon Salvatieri again. After leaving Jehovah's Witnesses, I'm interested in the Adventist church. What do you think are Adventists culty? Some. Yeah. Sure. I've seen I've seen culty stuff with the Adventists. Uh, yeah. My dad grew up in the... Seventh-day Adventist church, Mm -hmm. and I definitely say they're borderline. I don't think there was a lot of, like, disconnection type stuff when people left, you know, because my dad still talks to his mom, but, like, and she's still in, but there's definitely some weird stuff. Well, that's young earth creation, right? Yeah, they're young earth creationists. Yeah. Seventh-day, they're... But here's the thing, right? I mean, in terms of talking about Seventh-day Adventists, I mean, the one example we have in our life, your mm-hmm. your grandmother, right? Your your father's mom. Yeah. She talks to us. She's, mm-hmm. she's a nice old lady. Uh, we enjoy having dinner with her. We yeah. enjoy interacting with her. She knows, you know, we're kind of atheists. Yeah. Um, she is... Still talking to us. Yeah. Uh, still relating to us. There's, there's, there's no, like, shunning kind of stuff going no. on there. I mean, there's a little hinting. She'll send, like, little Jesus things with birthday cards and stuff, you know, like a prayer card or something. But Well, let's just say there's an awful lot of proselytizing that goes on from her. <laughs> a lot. Um, you know, so culty, yeah, but destructive, 
I have a hard time with that yeah. one. But I'm only speaking about that one relationship. Right, I'm not right. speaking about the whole church or what it's doing. I, I can't really speak to that because I haven't really done the deep dive on it. So I don't, I hesitate to <laughs> make pronouncements on stuff I haven't really studied. And that's one I don't know a whole lot about. And I always have to fall back to the fact that, yeah, sure, young earth creationism and, and weird beliefs and all that, but that's not what makes it a cult. It's right. the behavior. Right. And the behavior I've seen from from that has not been like Scientology or like the Jehovah's Witnesses yeah, or something. They just so have weird beliefs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, you know, but but it's a tentative answer. It's not yeah. a it's not a full answer. And I uh, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll give more later, I guess. All right, Chris Wood again. What do you think about installing fish tanks in the DMV? Would it add positivity? <laughs> oh my God, dude. Um, well, at least it give you something to look at while you're sitting there bored out of your mind. Actually, it's true. I fear, <laughs> though, that unless they lock them up or something and make them completely inaccessible, those fish should be dead soon. Because right? I don't know what it is about the DMV, but it's always got this sort of like deathly yeah. pallor about Depressing. it. It's, yeah. yeah, it's not a real upbeat place. Never has yeah, been. The people that work there aren't usually very upbeat. No. I mean, the ones I've been into in Colorado have been the best. I was in California before, and the DMVs universally throughout California were not great places to be. So some fish, sure. That would lighten up the mood. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Guror. Hey, Chris. Howdy Con 2022. <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm down if we're going to do it. Yeah. All right. Hamada Tala, have you heard of Jesse J. Jepkowitz, an ABC chiropractor, Scientologist, and quack who got struck off for putting his fingers up a patient's bum? A friend went to a chiropractor who was, and they just said dot, 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 so I don't know. Haven't heard a thing about that. Yeah. News but to me. What? Up the bum? What? That's, that sounds bad. <laughs> it sounds like that might not be a good idea for a chiropractor. It's not exactly a... a yeah. What What are those? Uh, proctologists or proctologists? Yeah, the they're doctors, chiropractors yeah. aren't proctologists. Yeah. yeah. So, I had a sticker once on my um, little well, not a trapper keeper, but you know what I mean in in high school, and it said your proctologist called. They found your head. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got? Uh, Michelle Lynn. Chris Shelton, how are the QAnon members going to escape it? Hmm. Tough question. I hope an awful lot of interventions and common sense. Uh, I hope we have an outbreak of that sometime soon. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's kind of like, how am I going to wake up all the Scientologists? You know, it's, it's a rough question. Um, we need a cultural paradigm shift of some kind in regards to how we think about belief and how we think about freedoms and our rights. Um, just to get a little serious for a moment, you know, I mean, as far as a real answer goes, we have an orgy of freedom of thought in the United States and freedom of belief and all of that. And that's all fine. We want those absolute sort of freedoms. But with that comes this incredibly dark side. And I think we really need to start weighing the you know, okay, maybe we're drawing the wrong lines in the sand here mm -hmm. on some of this because, you know, a freedom to believe what you want is fine, but it's not a freedom to be an asshole and it's not a freedom to just endanger other people. Yeah, you don't get to do whatever you want. You don't get to hurt other people because of your beliefs. Exactly. And somehow we are really bad at figuring out how to solve that or resolve that issue. Um, and that's not something <laughs> I've particularly got you know, some array of solutions for, I know that in order to deal with, a, with somebody who's in an extremist or cult mindset, it takes intervention level handling. Mm -hmm. It takes a one-on-one -on -one sitting down with the person and really working it over. And even then it's 50, 50, you know, as to whether you're going to get a result or not. So, um, so that's what I can say about that. It's tough. It's, it's a rough, it's a rough situation. Yeah. Alrighty. So, if we could see a change, by the way, in the news cycle and the way that the media and propaganda machines operate. Yeah, let's bring um, back something like the fairness doctrine. Yeah, exactly. We could we could see some shifts over time. 
it would take some time for that to kind of kick in, but that could be that could be something that could be very very effective and and, and helpful. Um, unfortunately, our nature is such that we are driven, and the money follows our angst, and our angst is what riles people up to extremist thinking, and so it it tends to be this sort of self serving, self creating, you know, sort of self fulfilling sort of problem, and. I don't know how to bust us culturally or socially mm. out of that, except to just keep encouraging people to do critical thinking, you know, take your time, think about things, that kind of stuff. That's the best I know how to do. I, I wish I had better solutions. Right. TJ Feeney, favorite Batman actor and favorite Batman film. That's a question for both of you. Greetings from Ireland. Hey, Ireland. Uh, awesome question. Oh, For me, it's uh, it's just just no just hands down. It's uh, Christian Bale and yeah. and Nolan's Batman. I I don't think anything else even comes close. I really really enjoyed the '89 Batman when oh, it came God. out. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, not so great. Michael Keaton, not bad. Um, but Christian Bale yeah. and, and Nolan took it to levels they nailed that, it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I, I think the favorite one out of the trilogy of that is the Dark Knight because I love it and I loved Heath Ledger as the Joker. Yep, <laughs> exactly. But let's not neglect to give Adam West his due. That's true. Right. If you want the camp version of Batman, Adam West is the king. And there is a camp movie with Adam West, Batman. Yeah. Yep. And with, all and the has villains. all the bad guys. It's great, yep. silly, ridiculous. There's like a plastic shark, you know. Yep. We, we, we definitely <laughs> own all of those episodes, have watched them. Absolutely. So, um, so the full spectrum of Batman is awesome. It's just a matter of what mood you're in and how you're going to, mm -hmm. you know, what entertains you in the moment. All right. Do, do, do. Mount Lion. Do the higher ups in Scientology, including Miscavige, regularly receive auditing? Wouldn't that be terrifying for the auditor? Yes. <laughs> Miscavige doesn't get auditing anymore, as far as I know. And anything he, or unless he's doing solo auditing, which you can do at the level oh. that he's at. But I don't think Miscavige is really that much of a, of a believer in Scientology. That's a controversial statement. It's completely my opinion. Uh, we don't really know. Um, there are signs and indications that he's not, and there are, you know, but then, at the, then again, he's in charge of this whole empire, so how could he not? Mm -hmm. You know, who really knows? Upper, upper level people in Scientology do get auditing. Uh, they get a lot of sec checking, by the way, a lot of confessionals. That's the main thing I think that Miscavige is uh, focused on with them. But you can get other kind of auditing as, as a high level Sea uh, Org member or Scientologist. Okay, interesting. All right, Shamata Tala, what do you think of Gwyneth, the Gwyneth Paltrow goop pseudoscience thing? Shimoda, come on, it's awful. <laughs> goop is goop has got to be the most ridiculous oh nonsense. God. It's sort of to me the 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 pinnacle of pseudoscientific garbage for rich white women mostly i think yeah um you yeah, know women who class just white women <laughs> i just don't think they i think these are women who just have too much time on their hands and not enough education and um and or are looking for just like any other cultic kind of activity i'm not saying goop is a destructive cult but i'm saying that it it, it attracts it's a magnet for community and for you know socialization and all of that and the status of it and the one-upmanship and all that's kind of there too. But really, it's just sort of this, oh, I get to be part of something you're not. And this mm -hmm. is special and I'm special and I'm a special snowflake because I'm part of this. And I get to buy these incredibly, ridiculously, exaggeratedly expensive bits of goop nonsense and uh, practice mindfulness and practice wholefulness, and it's a whole lifestyle for me. And it's just the whole the whole thing is made ridiculous by the very name of it. It's goop. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> what you know? When you were a kid, you had the right idea of what goop was. <laughs> it's then, like it's like green slime. It's like nasty crap. That's Gwyneth Paltrow's entire empire is built on crap yeah that's and my take on that selling you an egg to stick in your hoo-ha 
It's probably BS. <laughs> I, I'd say it's definitely BS. If it's Gwyneth Paltrow trying to sell it to you, I'd say it's definitely BS. I mean, what qualifications does this woman have to make yeah. a single claim that she's making? None. She's an actress, right? Apparently, yeah, she's, she's really super smart. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. admires the hell out of her as, an, as for her actor, acting ability. Yeah. Uh, great. But, you know, and she's really, really smart if you think it's really, really smart to get one over on a bunch of people mm-hmm. and get rich by getting one over on a bunch of people. Yeah, which is how a lot of people get rich. I don't think that's smart. <laughs> you know. I think that's awful. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Displaying a postal? I'm probably saying that wrong. What, in your opinion, makes ex-Scientologists go back even after seeing the truth about it? What makes people go back to what? To Scientology after they've seen the truth about it. Hmm. Like, they get out of Scientology... Maybe they see some stuff well, and they go back. Well, okay. How I can I can tell you this from my own firsthand experience of this that the way you do it is you um, is you revitalize <coughs> you through one on one contact. This is what I used to do. You make contact with the person and you revitalize their purpose for doing it in the first place. Why did you get involved in Scientology? What were you trying to resolve? What did we fail to do for you? What did we do? that stopped your progress that you were moving on and you wanted to achieve that you thought Scientology, you know, could help you with. Oh, well, I was going clear and I was going to go clear, but then the reg said I had to buy all this stuff and I couldn't afford it. And I would say, well, that was bullshit. That was just wrong. You need to get to clear, don't you? You still want to get clear, right? Yeah, I do. Okay. Well, what did clear mean for you? Well, it would mean clearer head. I'd be able to think more clearly. I'd be able to be more, you know, cause in my life. I'd be able to solve my problems faster. Excellent. Guess what? We can still do all that for you. It's still there. All the technology is right there for you. All you got to do is come back and we'll get you back in. And that nonsense of you having to pay for this and do that, that was all bullshit. Let's fix that. Let's get that out of your road. And let's get you going again. And um, that's the gist of what I was doing with people when I was recovering them. And it works. It doesn't work 100% of the time. But it works more than 50% of the time. I can say that much. Wow. You know, if you can actually get across to the person, and this this is how I specialized in this, is if you can really get across to the person that you care. And I did. And that you really want to see them succeed and you really believe that Scientology has the mechanisms or the tools that you need in order to make that happen or pull that off. And the only people that doesn't work with are not the people who've left Scientology. They're the people who left Scientology and found out why it was bullshit. Mm -hmm. Because not everybody who left Scientology does that. They don't all go down the internet rabbit hole. They just leave. And they don't think about it anymore. And somebody like me comes along and says, hey, let's think about it. Let's get you back in the groove of this. And they are not proofed up against it yet. They just left. But we're going to get them back in. Okay? So that's the ones I would fail with are the ones who got on the internet, the ones who found out, the ones who went, it's just a scam. You guys are just trying Mm -hmm. to scam me. You know, they would tell me that straight up. You're just a scammer. You're just a con artist. You're just trying to take my money. L. Ron Hubbard never even, you know, and they would start telling me things that I would then go, and then I would turn around and run away. (laughs) (laughs) You know, lost cause, lost cause. I can't recover this guy, you know, and yeah. So offering a carrot. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's putting that carrot back in their vision and selling them on it again. That's how you get them back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's twelve o'clock. It's twelve o'clock. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Did we get to? Uh, did we have still have? Oh, we still, still have a bunch of questions. Still a bunch. I'm yeah. sorry, guys. We didn't get to all of them. Um, anything super? Well, uh, see, they asked about if. Uh, you have a hate site from ex-Scientology? Or like I, I, I do have a hate site. It's on the uh, Leah, Leah Remini uh, hate site uh, that Scientology put out. Let's see. They're asking about some books we read. Okay. Uh, Cognitive Dissonance. Yeah. 
Cognitive dissonance. Let me let me say this real fast because this is important. Cognitive dissonance is the noise, the dissonance that is generated when you are presented with two or more contrary, conflicting pieces of information or facts that don't resolve or don't align, and you're trying to figure out what the hell. Which one of these is true? Are they both true? Are they neither one of them true? What's up? And all this noise generates, and your biases and your and your your knowledge come into play yeah. to try to resolve this. And if the, if part of this picture is that you, that one of these facts or both of these facts are unacceptable to you because you've already got other biases or other facts in the way, then you're going to resolve this noise by eschewing, by pushing away, by rejecting these facts or this information. And that's a, that's a fairly common result of cognitive dissonance. But the term itself just refers to the noise or the trouble or the chaos that occurs in your mind when you're trying to do that resolution. And we run into this all the time, all the time, all the time. It's a daily thing for people. Mm -hmm. So it's not some weird, unusual thing. But it can get really loud and really noisy when you are presented with important problems, like things that really matter to you. And now you're like stuck. Now you feel like, oh, shit, now what do I do? And you got to resolve that. And how you go about resolving that is itself a fascinating psychological study because there's different ways that people go about resolving that noise. So there's more to know about it, but that's the, that's the, the surface. That's the gist of what cognitive dissonance is about. And it's a good indicator, by the way, if you in the discipline, in the training of critical thinking and in, in teaching yourself how to do it or learning how to do critical thinking, you learn to pay attention, to look, to watch for, to listen for that cognitive dissonance, because those are opportunities for you to reevaluate your bias. Maybe your bias is totally fine and maybe it's not. But it's those moments of cognitive dissonance that you kind of want to watch for and go, oh, here's a chance for me to review rather than know my bias is 100% right all the time and anything that creates noise or creates a problem for me, I'm just going to push it away. That's denial, as we talked about earlier. So, so that's that's kind of how that works. So I see cognitive dissonance as an opportunity as well as a, you know, psychological phenomenon. So, okay. And to the question about Batman, the animated series. Oh, yeah, yeah. there's love for that. Um, used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. We have the whole thing on DVD, and we need to finish getting through it. We kind of stopped for a while there, but... Yeah, definitely love the animated series. Yeah, we've got, we've got, we got it all. That's right. We yeah. were, we, we get about halfway through? Well, we got through like one season and then we got through the second season. I don't remember if we got onto the third season. Or not. I don't think we got in the season three yet. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're that far along. I also got for Christmas all the animated movies. We need to watch those too. Yeah, we got a whole, we got the whole set of them. So, yeah, we no, we don't have uh, – there's no lack of love for animated series yeah. as well. In fact, Mark Hamill, uh, Joker, is the best. Uh, love, love Mark Hamill doing the Joker. So, all right. So we're going to wrap up now. This has been fun. Um, thank you, uh, Travis, for some of your more lighthearted questions. Yeah. No, that uh, Chris was, uh, Wood. That was Chris Wood, yeah. Yep. And um, thank you, everybody else who was involved here. I, I'm sorry if I did not get to your questions. was doing the best I could as we were going here. But uh, I certainly enjoyed this, and I hope you yeah. did, too. So uh, thank you, baby. You're welcome. I'm always enjoying it when you're here. <laughs> With that, uh, let's go ahead and wrap up. All, All right. right. All right, guys. And um, let's see. This next week should see return to normalcy as far as the Critical Conversation show on Friday, podcast on Saturday, and this show, again, should be recorded next week. I have already uh, fixed the problems that created the the lack of a show uh, recording for this week. So won't have any more of that. All right, guys. Uh, oh, and by the way, of course, um, support us on Patreon. We, we could use your support. Uh, and that's, that's that. All right. Let's wrap up. Bye-bye. <laughs> Boom.